The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, riding solo for this wonderful, massive Wednesday card that we have on our hands. It's October 27th. We got 10 games to talk about. Really looking forward to this slate because I was building my lineups last night prior to lock. And like the slate was very underwhelming for me. It, it, I just... I was not finding my footing on this on that last slate. And listen, I'm recording this early. It's 9:15. They're not doing it terrible. I got. I'm probably going to cash. Who knows what I win? If I if I even win, who knows if I I could lose? Uh, I have no idea how it's going to go right now. But it was a very underwhelming slate that I just couldn't put my finger on, and I struggled with that one. So what I did is I just lowered my expectations. I lowered my entry fees, and I said, hey, I'm I'm going to get a little action in here, but you know I'm not going to go maxing out any contests i'm not gonna get into every single entry that i possibly could uh that wasn't the goal i it was to still get some action have some fun doing it but i say this because it's a big recommendation if you're ever just not around all day long if you can't do your research if you maybe you haven't had time to do any research or listen to the pod uh you couldn't get in the discord whatever it might be that you just don't feel completely 100 percent invested into that slate either don't play or just tone it back it's an easy thing to do. It's basketball. We're going to have plenty of slates to play, plenty of opportunities to take advantage of the money. But it just wasn't my night. So we'll see how it all goes. Maybe maybe uh, by the time this all ends, I'll be posted a screenshot of $100,000 winnings. But I highly, I highly doubt that. But I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, that's one thing I did is as soon as the, the lineup locked and the pricing came out for this slate, I turned that page. I've been looking over this slate for quite some time now. I got my notes. I'm geared up. I'm ready to go. But before we get into it, quick shout out to Manscaped. Guys, check out Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOPBALL20. And you can get one thing, two things, 10 things, 20 things, perfect package kit, nose and ear hair trimmer, lawnmower. You name it, you can get it. And you will get 20% off plus free shipping on your entire purchase. So, I mean, what are you waiting for? If you've been hearing about the product, you've been wanting to try it, you see them out there sponsoring athletes. This podcast, plenty of people, it's because they got good stuff. They're a brand that just kind of grew up out of nowhere, and it is because their products are good. The lawnmower is one of the best trimmers I've used, one of the best razors I've used. It is waterproof. It is quick charging, so it's not something that you need to leave on that charger all night long. It's got the safety edges. It is fantastic. So, guys, check out Manscaped. Use that promo code, HoopBall20. Ignore my puppy in the background if you hear him. He's excited about Manscaped as well, but we got a nice slate to jump into. So I'm going to dive right into this one. We got the Charlotte Hornets traveling to Orlando to take on the Magic. For an injury report, Tara Rozier is doubtful. P.J. Washington has been ruled out with that right knee sprain. For the Magic, Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, and Chuma Okiki have all been ruled out. The line for this game is coming in at 217, with Charlotte being favored by six. Charlotte's been playing great basketball, so we can't ignore that. We'll start off with the Hornets, the away team. LaMelo Ball coming in at 8,100. I mean, 
The minutes were finally up. First game he played over 30 was against that Celtics. It was also an overtime game. So 33 minutes during an overtime game is nothing to write home about necessarily. You know, that should have been probably one where he was touching closer to 40. But the the floor is there. No matter what you say about the minutes, the floor is consistently there. 8,100, uh, 8, if he comes out there and puts up one of those 37 to 38 point games, yeah, we're not we're not overly excited about it. But we're not losing our, our tournaments because of this. We're not losing our cash games because of this. And we know that ceiling's always there for him. We've seen a 60-point game that started the season, that last one he put up 45. And it's something that you always want to keep in your player pool is those upside players with high floors. He's at a modest price tag, so is he my favorite point guard on the slate? No, but he's not a guy that I'm eliminating. And when I'm looking at my lineups, if I say I need a little bit more upside in there, it's a little too safe for this GPP. He's the guy that I'm turning to. Next on the docket is Miles Bridges. This dude has just been a man on fire, shot out of a cannon. Three straight games with 25 actual uh, points, and the lowest out of that has been 45 DK points. He's getting the minutes, especially like before P.J. Washington was ruled out, he's been getting the minutes. He's been getting the shot attempts. The lowest shot attempts over the past three games has been 16. This is a fine matchup for him. He's going to end up being able to stretch out some of these centers. If he's playing that uh, power forward position, they'll probably go double big again with a combination of Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba. So 7200 it's a fine price tag. And, you know, if you want to keep riding this hot streak, I won't blame you. I probably won't be getting too, too many shares of him, although he's worth it. Don't get me wrong. There's just some other forwards that I'm going to talk about. And he's also got that small forward and power forward eligibility. Mason Plumlee's price tag getting up there at 6500 I'll probably take a pass on that. And Gordon Hayward, as long as he's going to be playing third fiddle, to these other two guys, I'm probably going to wait. I want to see Bridges cool down before Hayward's shot attempts get back up there. The most he's taken was 12 shot attempts over the past three games. Shooting decent percentages. They're not great. They're not terrible. But we, we need Hayward to be taking at least 15, 16 shot attempts to be paying almost 7K for him with some of these other options. Only other guys that we're looking at here would be Kelly Oubre Jr., who's expected to draw the start for Terry Rozier. And he's even taking more shot attempts than Gordon Hayward. So at this point in time, I prefer Kelly Oubre over Hayward but in general my thoughts on this team is Lamella Ball maybe a modest amount of Miles Bridges and that's probably about it you don't need to worry about playing Cody Martin we have better value on the other side of the ball Mo Bamba 6200 what else can you say Mo Bamba has been playing great this season great for actual year-long fantasy but a little bit underwhelming over the last two games you know he really needs those bigger double doubles or those high blocks games we saw it in the first two games where he put up 37.5 and, and 39 DK points. But over the last two, they've been a little bit less underwhelming. So uh, more underwhelming. There we go. But I don't I don't hate him in this matchup. I think you could really take advantage of Plumlee and stretch him out to the three-point line. That's something that we like to look at anytime we're seeing those kind of stand-in-the-paint-like centers. All those guys that could stretch out. And Mo Bamba is definitely that type of dude. I think we have better uh, center value that we'll get to later in the night. So is he my top or my even my top Three or four centers? Probably not. But again, not somebody I'm necessarily crossing out of my player pool. Not playing Wendell Carter Jr. Jalen Suggs price tag getting down to 5K at this point. But with Gary Harris back, the minutes are going to be a little less secure. Played 28 in the first game that we saw him back. That is Gary. And I just, it's a fine price tag. He's got upside in it. Maybe in your GPPs if you want to take a dart throw, but not somebody I'm overly excited about. And then Cole Anthony came down to earth ever so slightly in the last game, still managed to put up almost 34 DK points. And this dude's going to continue to be aggressive. Even with Gary Harris back, his role is secure. He still started at the point, still played 32-plus minutes. 
and I don't have any issues. At 6,100, I think he's a very, very safe floor type play. But we've seen his upside. It's not going to be 16 rebounds every single game, but he's pretty safe at this point. He's playing super aggressive, and we're going to get those nights where the shot's just not falling. And But it, with the way he chips in the assists and the rebounds, on the nights that his shot's not falling, he's still probably going to get you at least 25 to 28 DK points. And when it is, he has the upside to hit you that 40. Moving on to the next game, a little bit more of an enticing game. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Washington Wizards traveling to Boston to take on the Celtics. For this game, Celtics on the injury report. Al Horford's probable. Romeo Lakeford questionable. Peyton Pritchard will be available. For Washington, Thomas Bryant, Anthony Gill, Rui Hachimura, Cassius Winston, all rolled out. Raul Neto is questionable, dealing with that left shoulder contusion. For a spread, we have 226.5. Boston favored by 4.5 points in this one. So we'll start off with the away team, Washington. Bradley Beal coming off of a very, very rough game at 9,200. Probably not the guy I'm opting to spend up on. The good thing that we like to see is he still took the shot attempts, just wasn't knocking him down. And that's been the story for the two games he's played so so far this season. He's shooting about 36%. And once those shots you know, get closer to that 46 to 50%, like we're used to seeing with Beal, the points will come. But it looks like he's in a little bit of a cold stretch. He was dealing with that injury early on. Not, you know, Didn't even take a free throw in that last game. So something seems like it's slightly bothering him. And at 9,200, it's a fine matchup. Don't get me wrong. Just not somebody I'm looking to target. Spencer Dinwiddie coming in at 7,100 in this one. As long as Beal's playing, I'm not paying 7,100 for Spencer Dinwiddie. And then Kyle Kuzma at 6,800. Getting the shot attempts, the rebounds have been big for him, and that's something I didn't necessarily expect to see was him averaging double-digit rebounds coming into the season. But one thing I did expect was the poor field goal percentage. So that's another thing we're seeing. You're paying 6800 which is a pretty premium price tag, and he's going to have Al Horford draped all over him in this matchup. So to be honest, not in love with a lot of these Wizards. If I'm looking anywhere, it might just be one of those dart throws at the center like Montrezl Harrell, just because we know this team plays big. But even then, at 5500 we're going to get to a guy. I keep talking about it who I really like at near that price tag. On the Washington side of things, a lot to like over here. Al Horford, 5,800, probably going to be one of my favorite plays to play on the Celtics team. Listen, he's going to rest. He's a veteran. The dude's old. But when he plays, he's been crushing it. He's averaging over a double-double right now with 14 points, 10.5 boards. Uh, I don't think he's going to average four blocks per game, but the stocks are definitely there. They've always been real with Al Horford, a guy that can easily get you one and a half and one. So I don't mind taking any looks and shots Al Horford. The power forward eligibility surely does help too. Not somebody that needs to lock up your center spot, but could put up those center-like double-double numbers. And on DK, we love that bonus. Outside of those two guys, looking at Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Brown was supposed to be on a 30-minute uh, minute restriction. And that last one ended up playing 38 minutes, even though it went to overtime. But yeah, I think he had about 32 or 33 minutes, even before the overtime. So it's a light restriction. At 7,800, this is a fantastic matchup for him. When he plays, he's been getting absolute buckets. He's been shooting from the floor great. No issues going with Jalen Brown. And then Jason Tatum coming in at 9,100. Prefer him over Beal. Is he going to be one of the guys I'm spending up on? In this matchup, I can definitely see myself having modest shares, but he's not my favorite stud on the slate. But definitely in play for me. And then if Dennis Schroeder ends up drawing that start again, which I highly doubt it now that both Jalen Brown and Al Horford will be available, I have uh, I have some interest in him, but he'll most likely come off the bench with those two guys back. So we could probably leave him as a 
pass. All right. Here we are. We have a 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Miami Heat traveling to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. Nets, Kyrie Irving out. Miami, Victor Oladipo, Marcus Garrett. Both of them ruled out. As far as a game total, we have a 218 game total. Brooklyn being favored by five in this one. Not the highest game total, but we know that this one could easily exceed that if everybody's clicking on all cylinders. We'll start off with Miami. Jimmy Butler coming in at 8,800. Jimmy Buckets, I think I prefer Tatum over him for just $300 more. Still a fine play. Like the matchup. It's going to be high paced. Nets don't play any defense whatsoever. But the real guy I'd be looking at here would be Bam Adebayo, 7,900. We know centers absolutely decimate them. 7,900 is a very, very fair price tag. So I think Bam would probably be one of the more expensive centers I'm looking at on this slate. And I have no issues. In fact, I actually really like him as a play right here. So probably my favorite play on the Heat. Outside of him, I'm not going to be playing too much Kyle Lowry. 7300 is a good price tag for him. But I want it to be a little lower before I start investing. And then Tyler Hero at 67, same thing. Came back down to earth a little bit after putting up two straight 43-plus point DK games. Put up 31.5 in that last one. 6700 just feels a little bit too expensive. Could definitely see him getting the shot attempts and some work. But a guy that's been not shooting the greatest of percentages, so I'll probably end up taking a pass. And then keep an eye on Marcus Morris. If for some reason they decide that they want to start him because he outplayed P.J. Tucker, at 3200 he'd be a solid value play, but not somebody I think will even draw the start. They're going to probably want P.J. out there for some Durant. On the other side of the ball, James Harden coming in at 10K, Durant coming in at 10.5. Both these guys, absolute studs. I touched on it last game. I'm not going near James Harden until we see something kind of change with his assertiveness and his aggressiveness. He's been struggling from the floor. I mean, there's been multiple excuses given for him, saying that he's having trouble adjusting the whole foul shot thing. There was another one saying that he's still dealing with lingering hamstring issues from last season, which has been about six months. So, I mean, dude must have had surgery and not told anybody, but seems a little weird that he's still got hamstring issues. And uh, I think he was playing like basketball with like, uh, you know, the baby or little baby and, and two chains in the offseason. And now all of a sudden he's hurting during actual NBA games. And then we got Kevin Durant, who's Kevin Durant. Don't mind the matchup. 10-5, just other studs I'd rather spend on. So I'll probably leave him out there, let other people play him. Not again, not a terrible play. The one guy I do have interest in would be Bruce Brown. Finally drew the start. I don't know if you guys heard the, the show that we, me and Harris were on. We talked about it. I said, Harris, make the call. And I, I find it oddly suspicious that the day after we said that, Bruce Brown is starting. So we know Harris Kermani has some pull with Steve Nash. The two Canadians, the Canadian connection, got that to happen. But at 3,700, he's a fine value play. Now, never expect him to put up a whole lot of points. And he's not going to get tons of rebounds or assists. But the blocks, the steals, those are real stats that he is good at getting. So uh, back-to-back games with at least 27-plus minutes. Bruce Brown at 3,700, dual eligibility. Definitely have some interest there. Moving on to the next game. This one's going to be really exciting for fantasy. Atlanta Hawks traveling to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. For the Hawks, Danilo Gallinari is questionable. DeAndre Hunter is probable. Anyeka Okungu has been ruled out. And Lou Williams is questionable. For the Pelicans, Josh Hart questionable. Zion will continue to be out. As far as a game total online, 220 game total. Atlanta being favored by six points in this one. So there's a lot I like in this game. Uh, we'll start with the Atlanta side of the ball. Trey Young, 9K. I really like him in this matchup. Devontae Graham, not a good defender. Trey Young's just had back-to-back games with at least 20 shot attempts. 
The assists are always there for him. Yes, he's, he's not struggling as bad as Harden is with that whole free throw issue. But at 9K, this definitely feels like it's a 50-plus one. But there's one other guy I like on this team just slightly more point per dollar, and it's going to be John Collins at 6,300. I really like John Collins in this matchup. He's probably one of my favorite power forwards on the slate. Back-to-back games where he kind of struggled with foul issue. Played only 24 and then 27 in the game prior to that. But even in 24 minutes, the dude went out and put up 38 DK points in a matchup against Detroit. Game also got out of hand. They didn't need him. So this is one where I can definitely see him taking advantage of the matchup, especially if we see a little bit of Brandon Ingram at the four. John Collins should be able to bully ball his way into the paint. And then we know Capella is still going to be on a minutes restriction. So knowing that he can actually see a couple more minutes even at the five, sure, why not? Tons of interest in him. Sign me up, John Collins, 6,300. And DeAndre Hunter missed the last one. He's probable for Wednesday's game, so that means we're probably going to want to dial back our shares of Cam Reddish and Kevin Werder. Guys are still in play as far as GPPs, but in your cash games, you might want to look elsewhere. And then Bogdanovich is eventually going to kind of break out of this slump that he's been in. But at 5,500, this could be the matchup. He could, I can easily see it being the matchup. But I just don't want to pay that $5,500 price tag and gamble on it outside of a GPP. On the Pelican side of the ball, Brandon Ingram, guy I've been just kind of hitting in all my cash games because he's pretty much banking 40 every game. I'm going to pause on him, though, on this one. 8500 he got a little bit of a price boost now, so not that sure thing. We need like 42 to 43 now, and really, if you're playing GPPs, even in your cash games, you want a little bit more from a guy that's 8500 So I'll probably take a pass on him. Looking at Jonas Valanciunas, I've been smashing the last two games, but that was a different matchup. Going against Minnesota, who plays at a fast tempo. We know Carly Anthony Towns plays little to no defense, and Jonas can just pretty much bully his way around in there. Click Capella, he's not going to be able to bully as much down low. 8200 still an okay price tag, but I think this is the time I hop off and look at some other options. If I'm going anywhere, and this even pains me to say it, I don't even want to say it, it might be Devontae Graham. Uh, I talked about how Trey Young has a great matchup. Well, Devontae Graham does too, because Trey Young couldn't play defense on anybody. Minutes have been there, played 39 in the last one, at least 14 shot attempts over his last three games. He's always going to be chucking from three. Hasn't hit, more, uh, couldn't hit water out of a boat over the past two games. So this could be the game where he writes the ship. He's been two for 16 from deep in the last two games. So I would expect a little bit of a bounce back game for him. And even in one of those games, he still managed to put up 35 DK points. So Devontae Graham, I never thought I'd say this, is probably my favorite option on this Pelicans team. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker is just the definition of like Brandon Ingram light. Very safe guy at that price tag where he's probably going to consistently put up 30 plus. And teeters on that 40 mark right there at 6,900. On to the next game. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Indiana Pacers traveling to Toronto. Taking on the Raptors. If this is at in Toronto, then uh, I think it's safe to assume that Harris will likely be at this game. Karis LeVert upgraded to questionable. So it looks like he's getting close. Uh, is it this game? We'll have to keep an eye on it. Even if it is, we're probably going to want to just avoid him. Wait to see what kind of minutes he's playing. Keelan Martin ruled out. TJ Warren ruled out. For the Raptors, Pascal Siakam, you don't want to be both ruled out in this one. But news reports came out that they both have been upgraded to full practice participants. So they're right around the corner as well. As far as a game line and a game total, it's 219. Indiana being favored by one point. So we'll start it off with the Pacers. Demonis bonus 9,900. Don't mind him one bit. He's been playing absolutely fantastic, but I'll probably take a pass on him at that price tag. I want to start seeing that price tag come back down to like 93, 94, and I'll have a lot more interest in him. 
it's a fine matchup. You can easily take advantage of this Toronto front court. Just once you're creeping towards that 10K mark, I kind of want to take some stabs at these guys that have that 60-point upside and that 70-point upside. So I don't think I'll end up going to them. Brogdon getting a big price boost now, all the way up to 8,300. And listen, they're just running him into the ground at this point, and they're playing him a whole ton of minutes. Carlisle does not care. He said, yeah, yeah, I know you had a hurt shoulder in the preseason. Doesn't matter. Stop crying. Get on the court and play 40 minutes. Played 37 in the last one, 40 in every game prior. 8,300, we're losing that safe cash kind of vibe and comfortability now. If he's less than 8K, I'd say it's still absolutely there. Of course, he has the upside to be 8,300. But we have other options that we can feel probably a little bit better about. So I don't think I'll be going to too much Brogdon in this one. And Duarte at 5,600, still playing both little boatload of minutes. Safe, comfortable cash play. Don't think he has that 40-point upside in the chamber every single night that we saw on the first night where he put up 27 actual points. Sure, it's there. But at 5,600, don't really feel it too much. One guy I definitely want to take a look at would be Miles Turner. He's down at 5,700. He's been in foul trouble the past two games, and obviously that's limited his minutes. So he's definitely only a GPP play. Somebody I think is still better out there. He's not the guy that I alluded to earlier. There's somebody I think that's a little bit better. We'll get to him. Uh, but he's somebody I'm keeping in my player pool just because anytime somebody checks the box scores and, and their GPPs and they get nervous, they're like, you know, this guy hasn't been playing minutes. He's only put up less than 20 DK points two games in a row. I don't want to play him. Well, to me, if you know the reason why, it's foul trouble, and that is the kind of guys that you want to target in GPPs if you're playing multiple lineups because he'll be low-owned. It's that simple. Low ownership is a fun thing. On the other side of the ball, looking at Toronto, Freddie Van Vliet, we talked about it with Harris on the pod. That breakout game was coming, and it came. 50 DK points, 15 points, 17 assists, six boards, two steals. This is the Freddie that we were all hoping and expecting to see. And at 7,800, definitely in my player pool. I have no issues going back to him. Uh, He's going to have to carry this team on his shoulders, and he's always going to have the usage, no doubt about it. Only other option I'm probably really considering in this one would be OG at 6,500. These are the two highest usage guys on the team. I think OG is going to have to play as many minutes as he can possibly handle in this matchup. Back-to-back games with at least 37.5 DK points, and that should be more the norm. Where, you know, the first two games we saw him struggling, shooting 23 and 17%. OG's not necessarily known for his jump shots, but uh, yeah, it's not that bad. Let's be real. And over the past two games, he started riding the ship and is shooting about 50%, a little bit more than 50% in those games. So I'm expecting a little bit more of the, you know, the latter of the better shooting than the former, which was early in the game. So latter and former are the same thing, actually, now that I think about it. Either way, I like OG at 6,500. Probably prefer John Collins ever so slightly, but OG might just be a little safer. Outside of those two guys, no real interest. Not going to Scotty Barnes at 6K. No thank you on Precious Achua, Achihuahua, as we would call him. No interest there, 4,900. And Malachi Flint's pretty much third fiddle, almost out of the rotation at this point. We heard Nick Nurse come out and say some great things about some other players. So, uh, yeah, no Malachi. On to the next game, another exciting fantasy game, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks, and we have some exciting injury news because it looks like our friend OG Bobby Portis is coming back. So Dante DiVincenzo, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez all ruled out, and then Semi Ojale and Bobby Portis are both probable. So they're finally starting to get some depth in their front court, which I think is going to be big for Giannis. We saw Giannis was really struggling at the center position going against some of these other teams. 
But now that they have Bobby Portis, who I'm not expecting big minutes from in his first game back. So be careful if you're if you're really trying to target him. I just don't know what to expect. I mean, with Brooke Lopez out and if he was fully healthy, we could probably expect 30 plus. But in his first game of the season, I would probably say 22 to 23 might be the max. He could still pay off that salary. Don't get me wrong. Just not somebody that I'm overly invested in. But on the Minnesota side of things, Carl Anthony Towns, 10-1, great matchup. I think there's better plays out there. Coming off of a 70-point DK game, absolutely crushed it. Put up 32-14, and 7-2-2. and It's another matchup he can easily take advantage of. The Bucks are actually pretty weak on their interior. Don't get me wrong, but I have couple other guys i like a little bit more over 10k so don't see myself having too much towns again not crossing him out of my player pool he would be one of my stud pivots when i'm building multiple lineups anthony edwards coming in at 7700 really struggled i think he started the last game 0 of 8 ended up finishing 10 of 23 so this dude's going to continue to shoot he has not had a game where he's taken less than 20 shot attempts hasn't scored less than 40 dk points we know that he's not shy from three and that is just an absolute fact. In three games, he's taken 31 three-point shots. We talk about it all the time. The number one way to affect and beat the Bucks is by beating from behind the line. So don't mind looking at Anthony Edwards. D'Angelo Russell, 7,100. He, uh, again, he's a guy that's not going to be shy from shooting the three. So if you wanted to take a uh, you know, bounce-back game shot on him, but he's been struggling so far this season, and he's not a guy that I like very much, and I don't see myself playing very much of him. And if you needed a dart throw, GPP-type pivot, you can look at Patrick Beverly at 3,800. Has been playing 20 minutes since he's back from his suspension. He's put up at least 20 DK points in those. Plus, he also got under Jonas Valanciunas' skin, which is pretty funny. Uh, also annoying at the same time. Like, let the dude take his free throw. But that's Patrick Beverly. You got to know that, like what he's doing and why he's doing it. Giannis Antetokounmpo on the other side of the ball, 10-8. He is one of the studs I want to play. So I talked about a bunch of guys over 10K. He's back to playing that power forward minute uh, exclusively, coming off of an almost triple-double. Two games this season with over 60 DK points. We just saw Carly Anthony Towns, or I mean Jonas Valanciunas, absolutely decimate them on the interior. And Giannis should be able to do the same. This team plays zero defense on the other side of the ball. Carly Anthony Towns cannot protect the rim. Fully expecting a big Giannis game here at 10-8. And if you wanted to pivot off of Giannis, it's always going to be Chris Middleton because if Giannis struggles, if they stay in this game, it's going to be because Chris Middleton does some very, very good things. 7,800 is a few other plays I like, but keep them in my player pool for now. With some of these guys still being ruled out, like Drew Holiday, yes, you could still look at guys like Grayson Allen and George Hill, and sure, why not? Uh, but Grayson Allen at 6,400, not overly excited about it. It's a, it's a fair play. If he's going to put up 30 like he did in the last one, great. We'll be happy. But if we get to 20, we could do better. So 4,400, I'll keep him in my player pool for now. If if I need to land on him, maybe in the lineup set, I don't have any Giannis. I still want some Bucks exposure. That might be the way to go. But no more Jordan Noir from me with some of these bigs coming back. He's probably going to just take a little you know jot down in, uh, in the pecking order as far as that's concerned. But still... Great guy, great point per minute guy, someone to keep in mind on in the future when the time is right, but I think that time is no longer now. All right, I think I need to take a sip of water, kind of just cruising and motoring through these games. Nonetheless, we're going to stop, pause, give a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor over at DraftKings. Guys, you've been hearing it. I play DraftKings. Uh, duh. That's why you're listening to this podcast, because you probably do as well, or you play FanDuel. I mean, the plays translate to pricing and you know a little bit of lineup construction changes. But what I wanted to talk about is DK Sportsbook, because 
It's becoming legal in more and more states as time goes on. And now it is back. And if guys, if you head over there, use the promo code NBA today and you get some goodies. You can bet on any, just $5 on any NBA team and you could win $200 in free winnings. Free bets if you do that with the promo code NBA today. So DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get some skin in the game with same game parlays, combining multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and best of all, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want, which, as anybody knows, if you've been betting sports for a while, getting your cash is the most important part. You don't need your bookie uh, down the street at the bar saying, hey, I got to click my winnings from Jerry down the street before I can pay you. DK will do instant payouts right when you need it. So NBA is back, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. So don't forget, you can bet just $5 on any NBA team of your choice to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. So plenty of options, 10-game slate. Use that promo code NBA today. All right, four games left, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. L.A. Clippers traveling to OKC, taking on the Thunder. Both teams on the second half of a back-to-back, so we're not going to have the injury report. LeBron James sat out the first one. Decent chance he sits out the second one as well. If not, if he plays, it wouldn't surprise me if Anthony Davis sits out. I think that's just what they're going to do with these two guys throughout the season. They're just going to try to rest them whenever they see fit and keep them healthy for their playoff run. Nonetheless, we're not going to have a line. We're not going to have any totals or anything like that until we know who's at least close to playing. But we'll start off with L.A. A lot of options you could look at here. I mean, the, if LeBron sits, Westbrook, Davis, both of them fantastic options, both under 10K. They'll both be highly owned players, especially going against OKC, who we know plays very little to no defense, putting up a fight against the Warriors tonight. Nonetheless, uh, it could easily get out of hand as well. This game, even without James, will probably have a decent spread, knowing OKC is on the second half of a back-to-back. They'll have Derek Favors back, who rested in the front half. But we saw Malik Monk draw the start. He's only 3,700. He's a dumpster dive play if we see that James is out as well. Uh, Westbrook would probably be the guy I go with over Davis, but you could go with either one. Um, they're both fantastic options. I mean, it really comes down to lineup construction for me. If you have more guards that you like to play, yeah, sure, go spend up on Davis. Vice versa. If you have more you know, forwards you want to play and you don't like the guards position as much, go to Westbrook. Carmelo Anthony at 4,900 will surely get extra shot attempts. I uh, haven't checked in to see how many he has tonight and what his exact role has been. But it's definitely somebody I would consider. And the other option I'd probably consider would be Kent Bazemore, who has been starting. But without LeBron in that lineup, should just get a little bit more usage. Slight uptick, but not overly excited. Mostly a GPP play, play when it comes to Bazemore. Can't really trust him in cash. On the other side of the ball for OKC, I'll uh, keep this very simple. Really don't like anybody. Not, not a ton of interest in anybody right now. Uh, Josh Giddy at 4,800, maybe. We've seen the upside in him, but not overly excited about it. And the only other guy I'd probably consider would be Darius Baisley. He's having a pretty good game against Golden State tonight. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I just don't feel like doing it. And Shea's been a little bit too up and down for me to have any interest. Front court's a mess, not going to any of those spots. All right, next game, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Sacramento Kings traveling to Phoenix. Phoenix, Cameron Payne, Dario Sarge, both rolled out for the Kings. Robert Woodward, Jamie Ramsey, 
and Lewis King have all been ruled out. But most of those guys are going to be G League guys anyway. So no importance there. As far as the game total, we got a 226.5 game total. So pretty high. One of the higher ones on the slate. I think it just updated while I was doing it. Phoenix being favored by 8. We'll start off with Sacramento in this one. Darren Fox, 8,600. No, thank you. A little bit too expensive. This seems like it could be a pretty solid Rashawn Holmes game at 5,900. Definitely have some interest at that price tag. One of the centers that I like under 6K. There's, that's going to be the theme. You're going to notice there's a lot of centers I want to spend down on. So you don't see me spending up probably at all on center tonight. So Rashawn Holmes, definitely one of my options I'll be taking a look at. And then I definitely want to just keep, keep my eye on Damian Mitchell. Not a guy that I'm going to plug and play or anything like that, but back-to-back games at 32 minutes, even with Mo Harkless back in that starting lineup. And he put up 30 DK points in that last one, 29.75, 9 of 16 shot attempts. He was hot early on, really cooled off in the second half, 3 of 8 from deep. The steals haven't even really been there. And for everything that we're hearing and seeing about him being an excellent defender, he is, no doubt about it. The steals will come. So you just talk about one of these good shooting games and all of a sudden he chips in two, maybe even three steals. You're looking at a pretty good DK line. So I'm going to keep my player pool at 4,200. Probably just going to mostly be Holmes, a little bit of Mitchell. And could be a decent Halliburton game. That bounce back game looks like it's starting to come. Back-to-back games, at least 35 DK points at 6,100. He's an option, but this just isn't an easy matchup where, you know, if it was against like a Memphis or a Portland, like we're going to get into that next game for sure. But Phoenix feels like it's a little bit more dicey. On the other side of the ball, Devin Booker coming in at AK. Absolutely. I think he's a fantastic play in this spot. AK is a great price tag. Hasn't been doing it as far as box scores, but shooting guards versus the Kings. I will always talk about it. They usually fare pretty well. Chris Paul coming in at 7,600. Not in love with it, but also not a terrible play. Probably not, though. I I think for $400 more, I'd rather play Booker. Aiton coming in at 66. No, thank you. Can easily crush this matchup, but I'd rather play Holmes at the other side of the ball for cheaper. And then the only other guy I'd really want to talk about might be some Mikhail Bridges. Both Bridges brothers are playing great this season, but 5K is a rock-solid price tag. Gets you some exposure to this game with a pretty solid over-under a game total, but not somebody I'm overly excited about when it's all said and done. Very cash-like play. Two games left. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Portland. Another fantasy-friendly game. Taking on the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks has been ruled out. Trailblazers have yet to submit their injury report as of the night before. As far as a spread, 234.5, highest of the night. Portland being favored by only 2.5 points. Start off with Memphis. A lot of options here that we're going to talk about. A lot of guys that I like. Start off with everybody's favorite chalk plays of the season so far. D'Anthony Melton, Desmond Bain, both these guys very, very much in play. I think I just prefer Bain for his uh, for the safe, comfortable feeling of knowing he's going to have those minutes. At 4,800, small forward eligible, small forward position could be pretty ugly. At least 15 shot attempts in every single game. He's knocking down the threes. He's chipping in some ancillary stats here and there. Hasn't had a game where he's put up up anything less than 33 DK points. He also hasn't had a game where he's put up 34 DK points. So talk about safe and secure at 4,800, literally putting up 33 DK points. I feel like his floor is probably around 20 to 25. And at 4,800, he's going to be chalky, but... I'll, I'll eat the chalk if it allows me to get some extra studs. Anthony Melton coming in at 5K, very much in play as well. Had his first game where he played less than 30 minutes, still putting up games that are comparable. 27 DK points is the lowest he's had all season. Really like this matchup for him. 
I don't know if I'd go playing both these guys, which I've been doing on a nightly basis, is just plug and playing both of them. Uh, it might be a time now where the price tags start to rise a little bit that we have to pick one. And my favorite play that we've just been talking about, the center guy. He's here. It's Steven Adams. He's been playing absolutely fantastic at 5,300. No problem going to Mr. Adams. 33, 39, 42 and a half DK points. He's 5,300. He's been getting the boards. He's been getting solid points. And surprisingly, the assists have been there for him. The dude's averaging almost five assists per game right now. Now, does that last all season long? Probably not, but we'll ride it while it's hot. They're going to need the sides going against Nurkic. Absolutely love Steven Adams. People forgot about how good of a rebounder this guy is because he played last season next to Zion. He's playing next to Jaron Jackson Jr. this season. Jaron Jackson is not an offensive rebounder for much of a rebounder at all, for that matter. Stands outside on the three-point line. Every offensive rebound, every defensive rebound, they're all going to be gauged and geared towards Steven Adams. So sign me up. Love me some Steven Adams at 5,300. Those are the three guys I'm looking at. Not paying almost 10K for Morant, despite how well he's been playing. And on the other side of the ball, Lillard coming in at 9-4. Probably not. I think I'd prefer to play Westbrook if LeBron's out. I'd prefer to play Tatum over him. A couple other guys, I think, in that 9K range. Probably even Trey Young over him at 9K. But I don't see myself having any Lillard. CJ McCollum has been shooting the, the, the shit out of the ball. Uh, no other way to say it. He's been absolutely fantastic as a season. 7,800. Prefer him over Dame, but not a guy that I feel like is a must play. Definitely somebody you might want to look at in your GPPs. Outside of those two guys, only other guy I have any interest in would be Nasir Little at 39. Should draw the start in place of Norman Powell, who we don't have the injury report on. He's questionable at the moment. I imagine he sits, but keep an eye on it. 3,900. He played well. He had the minutes, 32 minutes almost. Put up 25 DK points in that last one. So something that you can look at if it allows you to get those extra studs in your lineup. All righty. 10.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Did I say all righty? That's it. We're done with that one. No more all righties. Last game of the night. Cleveland traveling to L.A. to take on the Clippers. For Cleveland, Taco Fall has been ruled out. Isaac Coro is doubtful. That's it for the Clippers, for the Cavs. For the Clippers now, Serge Ibaka ruled out. Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris Sr., all ruled out. Keon Johnson is questionable. So, start off with this Cavaliers team. We should continue to see marketing starting at the three. Don't mind him in this matchup at all, especially with no Coro. Should allow him to get a couple extra minutes. Only played 27 in that last one. Shot attempts, they've been modest. You know, we, we can't expect too, too much more. But I really don't mind looking at him in this one. Fair price tag at 5400 Evan Mobley, I think, has a, a, a really stellar job right here, a stellar chance to put up some big points in this one. We've seen kind of uh, two Evan Mobleys, ones that put up 40-plus DK points and the ones that are right in the 20s. I think this is a chance to be the 40-plus. We know that they want to play small, going against like the Clippers, want to try to play small as often as they could. And Mobley's not going to come off the floor. If anything, we'll see Jared Allen come off the floor. Mobley will probably still stick in there. Maybe even see some run at the five and take advantage of. He's a stretch big. He's a very versatile defender. Can get out to the three-point line. I think Mobley at 7K is a solid option. Do I get tons of shares of him? No. He'll be like a GPP pivot. I think John Collins and a few of these other forwards I talked about, I like a little bit more. But definitely still in my player pool. Outside of uh, you know those two guys, no more Ricky Rubio with Darius Garland back. You know. Still solid bench producer. We'll get you the assist, but don't trust it. Darius Garland, a little bit too expensive for my liking. 
Colin Sexton coming in at 6,500. This feels like it could be a pretty pretty decent Colin Sexton game, especially with Noah Coro coming off of two stinkers, actually only three stinkers this year, only one real good game. But if Coro sits, which he should, he's doubtful, uh, we could see a little bit more Sexton at the two, which then you get a little bit more inside, uh, more excited about it. On the Clippers side of the ball, Paul George coming in at 10-3 has been absolutely fantastic. Coming off of a little bit of a down game. Not a guy that I'm overly excited about this. Only played 27 in that last one. So it wasn't really a down game. Uh, had his minutes limited because they blew out Portland by about 30 points. So not overly excited about Paul George in this one. Ten uh, Over 10K, you know, I, I prefer Giannis over him. And if we see LeBron's out, we'll probably rather go at one of those other guys a little bit cheaper over him as well. Reggie Jackson, 6,300. He's been struggling with the shot every single game this season. But the important thing to notice is the shots are there. 20 shot attempts, 17, 19. He'll continue to chuck. He'll continue to do his thing. Eventually, these shots got to fall. The assists aren't massively high. The steals haven't really been there. But at 6,300, he's giving you a safe floor right around 30 DK points. And with the shot attempts, if they do fall, he's got the upside for 40-plus. So I'm keeping him in my player pool. He's definitely a guy I don't mind getting some exposure to in this matchup. And there's one other guy, well, Bledsoe as well. There's two other guys I want to talk about. Uh, Bledsoe is another guy who's going to be getting done with steals. But uh, one other guy I really want to talk about would be Batum. Should draw the start in place of Marcus Morris, another value play that we could look at. Is he going to play 30-plus? Nope. He'll probably chop the minutes up with Justice Winslow. Both these guys, I think, are somewhat solid uh options to take a look at we're looking we're hoping to get it about 25 dk points out of a guy that is about 36 or 3400 we've seen winslow do it we know batum can so if we can get 24 out of these guys they're going to need some size so i imagine they probably try to go with batum a little bit more i'll have to see maybe they go double center if we hear that and they play hartenstein next to zubats sign me up hartenstein all day long fantastic point per minute producer at 3300 but we don't really know what they're going to do and it's a late game so it's kind of hard to bank on so monitor the news maybe we see something a little early and that would be fantastic but definitely some value available in this game and that's it that brings us home that is the 10 game slate so thank you guys for listening give us a thumbs up five star rate review wherever you listen to it stitcher iHeartRadio, spotify itunes it's available everywhere really appreciate it guys it means a lot to us we get to see that on there Let's get to see what you guys think and, hey, listen, if we think we can do something different or better, we want to hear that, too. We want to put out the best product that we could. Um, also, follow me on Twitter, at MikeApatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You'll see me tweeting out all the information I find throughout Twitter sphere from all the beat writers as far as start sits, what I think about those situations, and much, much more. Do you guys think I was going to leave before actually giving out my tiers? Because that's not happening. I got my tiers coming. At the top tier, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Probably one of my favorite guys to spend up on. Mid-tier. We're going to go with Mr. Johnny Collins. And, well, I guess Steven Adams wouldn't be my value play because it's 5,300 and we need less than 5,300. But I really do like it. We'll go Desmond Bain, 4,800. Just, it's it's a cop-out, I kind of feel like, you know. But he's been routinely putting up about 30 DK points. And 4,800, that's still still a fantastic value play that we really just can't go wrong with. Uh, I'll keep riding and eating that chalk all day long. But one other thing before we take off, this Friday, don't forget, we're going to be hosting a HoopBall DFS contest where you can get in it. Can't tweet out the link until Thursday night. So you'll see the link come out Thursday night. Be about 25 to 30 people in it. You're going to want to reserve your spot. Make sure you get in it. A lot of our pros over here, you can take down, take their money, take my money. Take it. Come take it. 
I'm trying to take it. We'll see. But it'll be fun. And that's it. A little bit of smack talk going back and forth. A little bit of bragging rights. A little bit of fun stuff that we got. And it's a good time. We've been doing these for a while. They usually draw pretty good interest. First one of the season always starts a little bit smaller. And then they gradually work their way up to more and more players. But it'll probably be you know somewhere like a top five or top three people win the money. So come in there. About $5 entry. Have some fun. You'll see us tweeting out that link all over the place. Join us in Discord. Join us on our DFS pass, only $4.99 per month. Highly, highly worth it. Definitely recommend it. For $5 a month, there's not much you can get for $5 a month nowadays. Netflix is more than that. Everything is more than that. But you can get us in the Discord, get our advice, get our behind-the-paywall articles, and much, much more for only $4.99 a month. Thank you guys for listening. That's all. I'll talk to you later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.